We're looking at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 this morning. Uh, this message, I, I tell you all, whenever I preach a message, and I've, we've been to that text before, I tell you when it was last done. For the Sunday morning, it's typically a, a message that is brought out from our home devotional time. The, the other lessons, by majority, are books that we're studying through. But we're going through First Chronicles as a family, and the last time I preached from this text was May 3rd, 2020. Okay, so if you've heard it, you might not necessarily remember it, but it's, it's May 3rd of 2020 if you're interested. Be reading verses 9 and 10 with the title of this message, Jabez. Jabez. So 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And you could say that as you read it, you could say that this would, uh, by, by the providence of God, it would suffice us as a New Year's message. You know, people like to make resolutions or, or say that they're going to do certain things at the, at the coming of the new year. So maybe this would be appropriate for what one would call a New Year's message. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Jabez. Jabez. So from afar, we can see that it's good to ask God for stuff. Right. But we have to understand and we will by the by the hand of God, we will understand better of what nature our asking should be for whose glory our nature sh our asking should be. And and, and the, the, the main of all these things. So before we really dig in hard to this, look first at his name, the, the name Jabez. His name is mentioned several times here in the passage. That name, Jabez, means sorrow or son of sorrow. Now, the exact circumstances of the sorrow, we don't know. We, we can, we can uh, kind of infer some things from the scripture, but we simply don't know the sorrow of Jabez. Okay? She said that I, I bear him with sorrow. But I want you to see some things of, of possi uh, possibilities. What was the sorrow? We see that the dad is not mentioned here and that she named him, which is kind of an unorthodox thing for us to see in Scripture, that a, that a woman naming her child. So could, this could be a consideration of the sorrow. Was, was the dad, was he somebody that was not... Some people say that if you read further down that, that his dad is mentioned in verse 13. Was he of the sons of Othniel? He hath... Uh, that, that could be speculation. That, that may have been him. But again, what circumstances that this woman would name her child? It, it could be that she had severe pains in her birth, which is, is, um, is a, quite a possibility. It says that he had brethren in verse 9, so it could be that the labor of his childbirth was more uh, grievous than that of his brothers or sisters. We don't know. It doesn't say, so we shouldn't speculate. Did, did, he, did uh, Jabez's mother survive childbirth? We, we, we shouldn't go into that. But there was a sorrow. There was a pain associated with his birth. It could be that, that, uh, that his mother was, as it says, that he was honorable. It could be that, that his mother was likewise honorable and wise. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he spoke of, of his mother and grandmother, that they had taught him the scriptures that were that made him wise unto salvation. It could be that she knew things that were similarly known to Job. Job says in chapter 14 and verse 1, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So it could be that she and her wisdom and the things of God simply knew that, sim that being born that Jabez was going to be a son of sorrow or have sorrow, that, that she in sorrow bore a son that would have sorrow in his life because of sin. Whatever the case, that is a kind of somber and, 
and uh, melancholy or melancholy, melancholy uh, way of naming someone, right? But you see that in verse 10, you, 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 verses 9 and 10, you see what kind of a guy he was too, what kind of a man he was. It says that in verse 9, yes, his name Jabez means uh, uh, being sorrow or son of sorrow. It says he was more honorable than his brethren, it, it, weightier or promoted. It, it could be that, that he was the firstborn of his family, and, and we don't know that for sure. He could have been more honorable in, in rank or, or, or station or whatever. That, that's quite a possibility. And it's possible that, that he was honorable because of his wealth and his riches and and verses 9 and 10 are would be a, a summary of how that came to be but the targum the, the, the first century aramaic interpretation of the hebrew text the uh, is careful to add it says that jabez was wiser in the law than his brethren okay so consider that we got to be careful with extra or outside biblical text but that's something worth considering we do know that he was a prayerful man toward God, and to say that he was honorable in that, in that he was uh, rich toward God prior to his riches in the flesh, we can gain that from Scripture. We can see that in that how he called upon God, the God of Israel. May God give us such hearts that we would, before God, be noted as honorable for the glory of God. You can see... The, the, the third point of view, how that it's fleshed out in his prayer. So we're going to spend the majority of this message looking at the prayer of Jabez. You first look at his prayer. Yes, he was honorable. Look at his prayer in verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. And that is of most importance. You see the trust of Jabez. Jabez didn't trust in himself because he was nothing more than a son of sorrow. And he didn't trust in his mother because he was just like her. And he didn't trust in his brethren because how, how, how could he? Why would he? Remember what Jacob said to his children, why look you upon one another? No, his trust was in the God of Israel, which is of most importance. It's the God of the fathers. And we covered this briefly in the, in the, in the Sunday school time. But consider again. The God of the fathers, the God of Abraham that, 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 that called him out of Mesopotamia, that called him from serving idols and serving demons, devils. The God of, the God of Isaac, the God who by promise and, and beyond all, all logic brought a son to he that was of a hundred years old. And the God of Jacob, that, that one that the, 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 the greater would serve the younger, that, that child of promise. He served the God of Israel, the, the God indeed of promise that swore unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto, unto Jacob that he would give a land unto that people. And they had made an oath unto them that, that he would indeed be their God. He is the God of providence, the God that, that did choose Abram out of uh, Ur of the Chaldees and, and did separate Isaac from Ishmael and did separate out Jacob from Esau. He's the God of providence that made a way for all the nation of Israel to be as they were. If you were to read the first several chapters of the, the book of 1 Chronicles, you would see it would be name after name after name after name after name after name after name in the Hebrew. You would see all these, all these names and all these lineages, and, and, and without failure, most of them were drawn off into idolatry. They were drawn off to wickedness. They were drawn off to sin against God, according to law. And yet the providence of God had, had kept that nation. And providentially, Jabez, as an outlier, stands here as one that calls upon the God of the fathers. By provision, God had continued to be with his nation Israel. And if you, could, if you just read through all these names, and you can see generation-wise for hundreds of years, these people sinning against God, yet God being, being powerful to honor his oath. He did provide for his nation. He did provide for his people. The God of power. He called upon the God of Israel that, that delivered them out of the hands, out of the, out of the clutches of Egypt. The God of power, the God that thundered at Sinai, the God that, that led them through the wilderness, the God that gave them the land of Canaan. 
the God that kept them, the God who they could call upon in the temple, and he would hear from heaven and forgive. So when he called upon the God of Israel, that, that's a very immense statement. And, and if we were to just dwell on that for a period of time, it would overwhelm us. But that's exactly who we called upon. You see, oftentimes people call, they, they, they read the prayer of Jabez, and they do that for quick profit. Sister Jill and I used to sell life insurance, and they would hand out little cards that had, cards that had the prayer of Jabez on it. And they advocated us, though, well, you want to grow in riches, you want to grow in wealth, just pray this prayer, and, you, and God will hear you, and he'll bless you, and whatever. But no, the initial, the initial idea at all is, having, is a complete trust on the God of the Bible, the God that saves, the God of promise, providence, provision, and power. He also called upon the God of that nation in particular. And why is that important? Well, he is the God, the covenant God of the fathers, the God that swore an oath and had completed it. He is the God who condescended. Remember, God condescended. He has to come down to speak with Abraham. He had to come down to speak with Isaac and with Jacob. He had to condescend. He had to come down in the mount to speak to Moses and thunder unto the children of Israel. The God of condescension is who, who, he, who he called upon. Thus, Jabez also knew he was of a low estate. Calling upon a, a higher power means you recognize that you are a lower power. When he called upon the God of condescension, he recognized his sinfulness and his sorrow before such a God and knew that in his cry he could not accomplish those things that he was requesting. That he depended on the God of condescension. Children of God, don't we depend on the God of condescension who his son condescended to be a little lower than the angels for a time? Lower than the angels? He was made like unto his brethren. And in his gospel, he suffered that we would be the son, the, uh, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren, we'd be the sons of God. Thank God for the condescension of God Almighty. When you call upon God, don't you pray, pray in Jesus' name? You, you pray thankful to God for the condescension of Jesus Christ? That's exactly, I believe, the, the nature of this prayer that Jabez had. He, he counted on the covenant, the God of covenant, the God who condescended. He also prayed to the God who commanded. Okay? You look at that, he says he, 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 he prayed, he called upon the God of Israel. Well, the God who commanded. You cannot separate the covenant of God and the condescension of God from the command of God. You can't do it. How can there be sin unless there be a command? How can there be faithfulness and obedience for a child of God unless he first command? You see? No, the commands of God. While the law is oppressive to the flesh, the command of God to the, his assembly to go is, is liberation. It's, it's the preaching of the good news and the glad tidings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It sets the captives free. And yet so by command. He called upon the God of command. He called upon the God who conquered. Think about that as well. He conquered Egypt. He conquered the desert. He conquered the land of Canaan. He conquered all. He conquered even the stony hearts of his people. He called upon the God who chastened. Oh, man. You see how there's a, there's a flow and there's a mix of this? You see, when the people of God are commanded, and yet they do not, God chastens. And this is the God who, who Jabez called upon, I believe. And you see that the, the nature of that, and we will read in just a moment, when, when he says, keep me from the evil, that it might not grieve me, part of the grief, Part of the grief that comes from the evil is the chastening hand of Almighty God Himself. Keep me from that, He says. So calling upon God, oh, He has such a love and a fervor toward God, it does appear, to me anyway, it appears as though that the honor that is spoken of of Jabez was a spiritual honor that his mother had, had seen upon him and is indicated here in the Scripture. He was more honorable than his brethren. What a testimony. And this is for the glory of God. We're not to worship Jabez, but we would grow to see that it would be really, really cool if we were more liking. 
When you call upon God, do you, do you recognize such things? Again, the promise, providence, provision, and power of God. Do you recall the covenant, condescension, command, the conqueringness, and the chastening of God when you make your request? Maybe we should. Everything I ask for, if I remember who God is and who I am and what he told me to do and what I should be about and who I should be about, that would no doubt shape what I ask for and who I ask for and so on. So with all these things in mind, what did he ask? Well, we know with those things in mind that what he asked for were just and holy, those things that he asked for. Verse 10, the things that he asked for, calling upon the God of Israel. What did he ask for? He said, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. For blessing indeed. That word blessing and indeed in the Hebrew is the same word. So it's repeated. Blessing, blessing. Oh, that thou would blessing, blessing me. Oh, that thou would blessing, blessing. Oh, that thou would bless me, bless me. Okay. Well, what what does repetition mean in the Bible, Lex? Emphasis. There you go. That word blessing means benefit. Benefit me. With the word indeed being the same as bless. Benefit me. So asking. Now think about this in a logical way. Blessing me. He didn't just say bless me. Oh man, just just blast me with blessings and an open check or whatever. I believe his blessings were pointing back to the nature of the God he called upon. He knew that the God of Israel would not bless him contrary to the law. He knew that the God of Israel would not bless him contrary to promise, providence, provision, and power. He knew that the God of Israel would not bless him contrary to the covenant, the condescension, the command, and the conquering fame, nor would he bless him rather than chastise him for disobedience. I believe in asking for these blessings, he did so with a mind of justice and holiness. What makes you believe that? Because at the very end it says, and God granted him that which he requested. That word, oh, I want you to notice that. It's important. He says, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. It's apparent that the that the asking of blessing is conditioned on God's will for it and the godness of God. This petition, oh, it's beseeching, it's yearning unto who God is for those blessings. The asking of blessing was dependent on who God is for those blessings. People like blessings. Oh, yeah, you know, money, cars, fame, whatever. They think those things are blessings. Be careful with that kind of idea. Listen to what Paul said to young Timothy in 1 Timothy. In asking for blessings, I believe that indeed asking for blessings would be asking for God-honoring blessings. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. He says, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, in evil surmisings, prefers disputings of men, of corrupt minds and destitute or bankrupt of the truth, supposing that, supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. So Jabez wasn't praying for gain is godliness. He says, but godliness with much contentment is great gain. I believe that Jabez was praying for godliness with contentment. But what about the expansion of the coasts? You might ask. We'll get to that. But it is apparent and it's obvious that asking for blessings of God. And as we approach under this new year, I encourage you to ask for blessings of the God of promise, providence, provision, and power. That you ask blessings of the God of covenant who condescended in the flesh, Jesus Christ, who gave command, who did conquer death, hell, and the grave. 
And he does chastise that you would ask of God for blessings, but do so in such a way that is unto godliness. Godliness. When he says blessings, go back to the text in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, that, that, you, would, that you would indeed benefit me and enlarge my coasts. That phrase right there is what was getting those financial people in trouble, enlarge my coasts. He's asking for temporal blessings. And it's okay to ask for things, as long as you're not foregoing godliness. But if you look at enlarging his coast, even of this property, what is he saying? Enlarging my coast. This is a Jew who was promised a piece of land for an inheritance in the land of Canaan. That goes back to the promises of God. It goes back to what he swore unto Abraham, you see. He's not saying, give me what, I, what is not promised unto me. He's saying, Lord, enlarge, enlarge my portion that you have given me. These things that are promised and ordained of God, a, a, a property, perhaps from the Canaanites. The Canaanites would try to come in and take back the land and withdraw and deprive him of the, of the promises and the provision of God according to oath. They would try to come in and, and swindle or, or steal or break down those things that God had given my God, he said, those things that you have promised unto your people, establish me in those things. Enlarge my coasts. And even those of, of spiritual enemies, not of Canaan. You see, Jabez, he was more honorable than his brethren. And of his bloodline, there may have been, because of the phrasing there, there may have been those that did not call upon the God of Israel. But they called on Baal and Baalim and Molech and Astaroth and whatever else. Lord, enlarge my coast. God Almighty, the God of our fathers, enlarge my coast and protect my boundaries from those that are opposed to you. The nation of Israel right now, they're in unbelief. They're blinded to the gospel. And you know, they have a people that are not a people that are warring against their borders right now, and they have since 1948, since they were reestablished there. I believe it would be a holy and just thing for us to pray for the borders of Israel. We're, in fact, we're told to, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It would be a wise thing for the people of God to pray that, that, that our borders as well, that our borders would be would be prompt would be enlarged we're true followers of the lord in the land of promise we should pray the same thing don't we don't we pray that our borders or that 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 our that our space our time our area that it would be enlarged that our coast would be enlarged you ever pray that the lord would save people and add them to, the, to his assembly i believe that's the same nature of prayer depending on god that he will save his people from their sins would protect us from apostasy, would protect us from, from evil, would protect us from the world coming in and trying to destroy, would protect us from enemies that may be within, that have crept in unawares, as Jude warned of, and as Paul did to the Philippians and to the church of Ephesus, that the Lord would protect us in our borders and increase us to his glory. I believe that's the same type of ask that Jabez had. I really do. And there would be some tangible benefit to that. If his borders were sustained, well, guess what? Those people who worked in his borders would be profited. The, uh, the, the fruits and the vegetables and the labors and all the agriculture and all those things, there, there would be benefit there. Don't we pray to live peaceable lives? We should. I don't want to live an unpeaceful life. We should pray for peaceable lives. Well, that's the same, I believe, as Jabez asking for the blessings of God and the benefit of God to enlarge his coast, that, that he would be established as a servant of God. And that his servants, that Jabez's servants, truly would serve the living God. I believe that's what he was asking for. 
I believe Jabez was looking back to those old promises in Deuteronomy where the Lord says, hey, if you're faithful, I'll bless you and I'll grow you and I'll do all this stuff. And if you don't, the enemy will come in, will ravage, and you'll have, you'll have dearth and you'll have famine and you'll, you'll be taken away in captivity and the, the cry will be great. I believe, the Lord, I believe that Jabez was calling on the promises of God when he asked for his coast to be enlarged. Children of God, I believe we can do the same thing today. I don't believe that that uh, that we should lay around asking for, for, for bank accounts necessarily or for cars or whatever. But I do believe for the glory of God that we should we should call that the Lord would enlarge our coasts. What else did he ask? Well, whatever these things he asks, they're all consistent. It's not like different pockets of things. You can all tie them together with a string. He asked for the blessings of God, the God of Israel, the God of that nation. He asked for blessings and the enlargement of that coast. And he asked that the Lord's hand be upon him. Look at that. Jabez called on the, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, bless me, bless me, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me. Thy hand be with me. That's in his property. That's in his business. That's in prosperity. That's in all things. We've said before, and it's an absolute truth, that Enoch walked with God. See, God doesn't walk with anybody, right? Enoch walked with God. If you're going to walk with God, it's going to be in light as he is light. He, he doesn't come off of his path of light. So for Jabez to say that your hand be with me, that means that Jabez desired to be with God, you see? He didn't ask the hand of God to come off of righteousness or covenant or promise or providence. He, didn't, he wasn't asking God to change at all. He was desiring that, that God, by his hand, permit Jabez to be with him. That, that by his power, by the promise, providence, provision, and power of God, that for God's glory, the hand be with him of God. That grace and mercy and love be very near in his life. And that he would be drawn by the hand of God unto God himself. And that the enlargement of his coast would be entwined with that. That the hand of God be with him. It's a very different case altogether. That the hand of God be on someone than with someone. It's When the hand of God is on someone, you, know, you can think of chastisement or a pattern. You know, that's, that's, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. But the hand of God being with him as a nurturer, as a guide, as a rod and staff, as David said in, in, in Psalm 23, that the hand of God be with him, that the blessing of God be with him, and, and that God himself would be with him, thus bringing Jabez close and with God himself. How wonderful. How wonderful for the hand of God to be with his children. The hand of God in blessing the people of God will also keep the people of God from evil. Okay, look at this. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. The hand of God keeps the people of God from evil. It keeps the people of God from evil. Afflictions of evil or wickedness, it keeps it from that. You know, Jabez, his name being sorrow or son of sorrow, he might have had something in special in mind when he said, keep me from evil or keep me from sorrow, as his name would indicate from his birth. But guarding his steps from sin would be the noted intent. God Almighty, by your hand, bless me, draw me to, unto yourself, and keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Desiring to honor the Lord, it is evident that Jabez desiring to desire to not sin against God. It is evident that Jabez desired not to sin against God. Keep me from evil. God, you say what is evil and, I, and what is not evil. I don't say that. You say that. Keep me from that. It's evident that Jabez can't keep himself from evil. Did you, did you catch that? He said, 
that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. That's a great acknowledgement from a sinner to know that I can't keep myself from evil and you can't keep yourself from evil. We might think we can. But even in thinking we can, we, we commit evil and that we think we're something when we're nothing. We get puffed up and thinking, you know what, I got this sin figured out. I, I got this life figured out. But in asking God to bless us, it would be a vulnerable and wise thing for us to ask God to keep us from evil. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ instructed in the sample prayer in Matthew chapter 13. Didn't he? Look at that. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's exactly what Jesus Christ told us to pray. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Keep us from evil. That truly is a blessing of God. I thank God for the Holy Spirit that does testify. You ever been convicted in the heart when, when, you, when you've sinned? If you haven't, you're not saved. Convicted in the heart of sin and, and drawn to repentance unto God and sin? We're instructed by the Lord Jesus Christ that we are to desire in serving and 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 obeying the Lord God Almighty. We're to desire to be withheld from sin by God Himself. We're to desire that. You see that in the following phrase that it might not grieve me. That it might not grieve me. That word grieve, and we're talking about the he's talking about evil. Okay, so Jabez, again, calling upon the God of Israel, calling upon the God of promise, calling upon the God of his salvation. He's asking that the Lord would bless him. He's asking that the Lord would hold him by his hand. He's asking that the Lord would keep him from evil, and he knows that evil will cause him grief. Or grief means hurt or pain. Displeasure. To be made sorrowful. That it might not grieve me. You see, that word me is important as well. He takes a personal accountability for his grief, for his evil, and petitioning unto God. It's very telling. It's very telling how, how, he, how he says these things. We can know much about Jabez because we know that evil did grieve him. Many people say they're saved, but their sin does not grieve them. Many people say they're saved and they make excuse for their sins or they make excuse for whatever. And if we, as long as one can excuse sin and that grief never really comes, that is an indication that they're not saved. No, sin does bring grief. When the prophet told David, Thou art the man, you see multiple psalms of David petitioning unto God for forgiveness. He's pressed in his sin. He's grieved in his sin. There is repentance. So, child of God, do you ask God that he would grieve you over your sin? You ever asked that before? My God, expose my sin and grieve me over it? Jabez, being honorable, it appears as though he's very much in tune to who God is and who he is. He's, it appears as though he's very much in tune to his sinful nature, knowing he can't withhold himself from evil, and asking God that he would keep him from evil. It appears as though that he has a right mind toward God and toward himself, that even in his honorability, he was very humble before God. Doesn't, doesn't it appear that way? It appears that way to me. But I would ask us each all, does evil or sin or wickedness grieve us? Many people don't like being caught and certainly people don't like consequences. Nobody likes getting pulled over, but they're hoping they don't get the ticket. But nobody likes getting a ticket from a police officer. But Jabez didn't even like the idea of evil or being near it because he knew its end. He knew its end was grief. It sounds like someone that we know, Job. Recall him? 
How did Job perceive evil? Look at this. Job, chapter 1, verse 1. It seems like Jabez and Job had quite a bit in common. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. In fearing God, I believe Jabez desired to be far from evil. And he depended on God, whom he feared, to keep him from that evil. And not just from the evil as checking a box in legalism, but from the, from the agony and the grief that evil does bring. And agony, uh, grief, uh, excuse me, sin, evil, it does bring grief. Even to a believer, it brings grief. Again, Jabez didn't like the, the idea of evil or being near it because he knew the end of it. He knew the end of it. He prayed for help before the presence of evil ever came. Now, young people, I want you to hear this. If you wait until something happens, then just decide what you're going to try to do, you're going to be in a big mess. You can study that in the book of Proverbs. No, he prayed before it came. He prayed for wisdom. He prayed that God, by his hand, would lead him through wisdom. In old time, God would appear unto people face to face. He would speak to them. I believe in the New Testament that he moves granting wisdom by the Spirit of God himself to testify unto a believer. And not according to the conscience of the believer, but according to the Word of God, the Spirit of God leading in righteousness does present a way of escape. And that's what it says in the New Testament. does provide a way of escape. He prayed before. So, child of God, be you. Those sins that so easily beset you, Hebrews chapter 12, do you pray to God, oh, when these things arrive, that you would prevent me, that you would withdraw me, that you would keep me from evil? He asked for deliverance before the evil came. And I believe, again, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ was advocating for in Matthew chapter 6. Deliver us from evil. The presence, the, the, the appearing of evil. Jabez, he petitioned God against his own will and nature. You know, because my will and nature and your will and nature desires evil. It desires sin. Doesn't it? Don't you, don't you want to sin? That's why people sin. It's because they want to. Our own flesh, our own nature is opposed to God. And Jabez is asking that God would keep him from his own nature. That sounds like a work of God and repentance to me. Siding with God, Jabez says, I'm wrong, you're right, keep me from me. Keep me from me. What a wonderful prayer. I truly believe that in these things that God, if we were to echo the ideas of this prayer, I truly believe that God would, would bless. You see the end of these things. Look at this. And God granted him that which he requested. How wonderful. How wonderful. God granted him that which he requested. Those things he asked for. God said, I'll do it. So think about this in general. Think of it as a parent. If your child came to you and said, Mom, Dad, you're right. The, the things that you told me, you're right. The wisdom you've tried to give me and tell me how to live my life, you're right. I'm going to ask you as I'm obedient to you that you would just honor who you said you are and honor those things that you promised. That as I attempt to do those things you've told me to do, that you would be there to guide me and that your hand would be upon me. And if I come off course, that you and your love and your mercy, mom and dad, that you would navigate me back to those things that you've told me to do. And that as you see me live my life, mom and dad, that, that you see, and I don't see it because I'm still maturing, but as you see evil afar off, that you would protect me from those things, that you regard me from those things, 
because mom and dad, I, I don't want to suffer the, the pains of those things. And I know you love me and I know you don't want me to do those things. As a parent, how would you respond to your child? I got an idea how you would respond. Listen to how Jesus Christ from his own mouth. Luke chapter 11. Listen to how Jesus Christ from his own mouth says that God will respond to his children who who pray after the nature of Jabez. Luke chapter 11 verse 9. Luke chapter 11 verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? The answer is, of course not. If ye then, being evil, you're sinners, we're sinners, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give? Now there's not a period there. Give how? The Holy Spirit to them that ask him. All things come back to the asking based on who God is. You see? When he's asking, yeah, one asketh, receiveth, he's not saying about a bank account and a Corvette and whatever. All these things go back to as Jabez initiated, calling upon the God of Israel. Based on who God is, a child asking for blessing according to who God is, and for the purpose of glorifying God for who he is, and for the purpose of that child desiring to be obedient and not enter into sin but have close, a close fellowship with God by the hand, as it were, and not experience the grief of sin or the grief of evil and the pains thereof, desiring, Oh, my Father, please help me and bless me indeed. By the passage of what Jesus Christ just said, it, it, it's a... It, it, it appears to me, anyway, that that's a parallel prayer that God invites His children to ask Him, O oh my Father, bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. God granted it. God granted it. Look, He trusted in God. He requested. He, he begged God. He wasn't demanding. He begged God. He begged God for blessing. He begged God for benefit. He begged God that God that the Lord would enlarge his coast and that his border would be protected and that his servants would serve unto him faithfully and not according to those of Canaan. He begged God that the hand of God be with him and not follow him into evil, but bring Jabez unto God in fellowship with, with God Almighty. And in doing so, keeping him from evil. One cannot walk in darkness and have fellowship with God. 1 John chapter 1. He desired fellowship with God, it appears to me. He also understands that evil has its consequences, and he desired to be free from the hurt or consequence of evil, to be free from the hurt or the grief or the sorrow of chastisement. It appears as though Jabez believed God. That he believed the promises, the providence, the provision and power of God. That he depended upon the God of covenant, the God who condescended, the God who commanded, the God who conquered, the God who chastened. He depended upon the God who hears. Don't forget that. The God who hears. I believe just as much as Jabez was heard that God hears the prayers of his people. And I believe that he will grant those things that we request according to the gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory and his honor. Is it okay to ask for specifics? I believe so. As long as it follows this pattern. 
Children of God, we should learn something today. Happy New Year. We should learn something today from this. Depending on God and all His glory and all His splendor, we are to pray to Him. Oh, God of Israel, oh, that Thou wouldest bless me indeed, that You would benefit Your people, that You would benefit us today, and You have by the gospel of Christ, based on who You are, that that Your blessings would be made known today that you would enlarge our close, that you would honor your promise as you said, lo, I am with you until the end of the world. What a sure promise that we would ask God to enlarge our coasts. Now, he did promise his church would be here at the end of the, at the, end of the age, but he didn't promise that this one would be. I believe we should pray that this one would be. And God would give us grace to stand. Pray that the Lord, His hand would be with us. You know, if God's hand is going to be with us, who can be against us, right? If His hand is with us, then He would navigate us in all things as so He has commanded, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Lord, your hand be with us. Lord, let your hand be with us. And that you would keep... It says me. It doesn't say us. It says me. Keep me from evil. I ask that God would keep us from evil, but you should ask and I should ask that he keep me from evil. We should ask God and mean it that he rids sin of our lives and we have an actual desire, as Jabez apparently did, an actual desire to be cleansed. He that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure. Now, I'm a sinner and I can't make myself clean, but looking unto Jesus and following him and by the Spirit of God through his word, I should desire to be purified or cleansed as I'm cleansed in Christ. I believe that's also what Jabez is asking for, cleansing. Sin or evil grieved him. Children of God, we should ask that God prevent us from evil and from the grief thereof. Asking for His glory in personal business and in labors and everything that we be enlarged and that His hand be upon us and mean it. And you know, if we ask God these things, He will do it. As I said, if my son came to me and said, Hey, Dad, I, I need these, these, these things, and he asked me these things, I said, Well, I would say, You know what? Put your shoes on. We're about to get to work. You pray such things unto God, you can expect God to start using you in a mighty way. Expect it. Don't pray such a prayer, then go take a nap. You see. One that prays such a thing and prays such a thing with all honorability will pray such a thing desiring to be used of God for his glory. I believe Jabez was a chief man in his family just as Job was. But that chiefness was all to the glory of God and honoring of God. We're to ask to be kept from evil, knowing that we are evil, thus submitting to God in all things. We're to ask to be kept from the hurt of evil. Sometimes in our sin we see the pleasure of evil, but desire to be hurt from the hurt of evil. I believe the Lord will be near He will hear such a prayer. And I believe, if you look at the text again, and God requested him that which he requested, why in the world would God Almighty permit this passage to be recorded in the Word of God? I believe that those that are wise will hear it. Those that are wise will pray of such things. Those that that are wise will hear and seek after God Almighty will desire to be rid of self, will take up our cross and follow him, will desire that his hand be with us and that we would be rid of evil and that for his glory that we'd be protected and enlarged and, and, and secured in the work of God, Jesus Christ, his gospel. I believe the Lord will be near. Testing will come, you know, as he says, enlarge my close. Here come the Canaanites. Here come the, the worshipers of idols. Here comes all these problems. 
fire, famine, whatever. Everything's coming. You know what? God honored the request of Jabez. There was going to be times where Jabez said, Lord, you said you'd be near. And he was, but times were lame. Such is the case of the, the history of the people of God. But God did grant that which he requested. There were times in church history where those men and women, boys and girls, might have thought, Lord, you promised, but boy, this is tough. The Lord was near. You know, they came out as fine gold. Child of God, in asking these things, you're not going when asking these things, you're not going to have a, a force-filled bubble around you. You're going to be asking these things, and God will grant your request in a lost and dying world. His promises are sure. He is sure. Ask him, believing him. Call upon him, believing him. Sinner, Jabez called upon the Lord for all these things, which if you called on the Lord for what you thought were blessings, those aren't blessings. If you what, what your need is is a call upon the Lord for salvation. That's what that's what Peter quoted out of Joel. Whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. That's your need. That's your need, salvation. If you got into the right school or if you if you, ha- you had whatever, that's not your need. There's, you read of a rich man that died and lifted up his eyes in torments. You read of a man that, in Luke that, that, that he had his barns full. He's going to build bigger barns and thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. You could ask for whatever. What, uh, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Though you gain the whole world, what would you give in exchange for your soul? What, what blessings in a temporal way, it would benefit you in the realm of eternity. None. He called upon the God of Israel because the God of Israel can save. I encourage you to call upon the God of Israel that His hand be with you and He save you from your sins. That He repent you from yourself. That He turn you to Jesus Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. And then in those things you find no satisfaction except it be in Jesus Christ. There is no blessing. There is no blessing for a sinner outside of that work. There is no benefit in the raging torment fires of God. There is only benefit. There is only blessing toward a sinner in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to repent of yourself. Repent of evil. Repent of the grief that is associated with your evil. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.